Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody. Are you ready for some growth? Today's guest is the founder of the Growth Now Movement. It's our friend Justin Shank from the podcast of the same name, The Growth Now Movement. Also an event that I was proud to speak at a few years ago before COVID. And he has another one coming up, which we're going to talk about. Justin Shank is an entrepreneur, a speaker, and the host of the top-rated podcast, The Growth Now Movement. He has been named a top eight podcaster to follow by Inc magazine, and he's passionate about overcoming limiting beliefs and how to surround yourself with the right people. But first, Food Heals Nation, a question from a Food Heals listener. This is from Tracy. She says, she loves Food Heals, thank you, and I'm hoping you can weigh in on something and settle this debate. I love doing juice cleanses and detoxes. I can really see the difference in my health in just a few days, and I'm trying to get my family on board. My dad says, we do not need to detox because our bodies already do this. He says it's nonsense, and he literally laughs at me when I buy my cleanses, telling me I am throwing away my money. Can you back me up or point me to some resources to help change his mind. He's getting older and he's not in great health, so I would love to help him get healthier. Tracy, I love this question and I can completely relate. As many of you know, I tried to get my father to heal himself and to get healthy and I was doing garlic shakes and nutritional smoothies and all kinds of things to heal his liver. And he sat me down and he said, I don't believe in this. And if I don't believe in this, it's not going to work for me. So I understand going through this. I understand the desire to help our loved ones. So number one is leading by example, because when people see you get healthier, they start to ask you what you're doing. Number two is not to have an attachment to the outcome that you're going to be able to change his mind. And number three is let's go ahead and try. So let's talk about detoxing. So first of all, he is correct in the fact that yes, Our bodies are designed to detox. In fact, our bodies are constantly filtering, cleaning, detoxing. But here's the thing. Our bodies were not designed to handle the amount of chemicals and toxins that exist in our world today. Not only in the food that we eat, but in the ground, in the air, in all the products that we use. Think about all your cleaning products, all the chemicals in there. Think about all your skincare products, right? Think about all of your household products. Think about the off-gassing that's coming off the paint from your walls. Think about the environmental toxins that we have absolutely no control over. And so, yes, our body detoxes, but it's unable to keep up very often with the amount that it's being bombarded with in today's modern world. And so all we have to do is assist our bodies in the detox process. Now, we can do this daily by taking daily nutritional supplements, right? We can assist our body in detoxing by eating cleansing foods, by drinking green juice. And we can also go for the five-day cleanses, the seven-day cleanses, the 30-day cleanses. And I think that's more what you're getting to and what you're talking about. And yes, 
I love these types of cleanses. Specifically, I love a good liver cleanse because I think that's where it all starts. There's also gut cleanses, all kinds of cleanses for whatever your body needs. So I wanted to bring in Dr. Group. Dr. Group, as you know, is the founder of the Global Healing Center. So if your dad doesn't want to listen to me and he doesn't want to listen to you, maybe you could play him this clip or have him go back to episode 346 and listen to it straight from a doctor's mouth. But let's roll the clip. Roll it, Roxy. There's five ways that are that women detox and there's four ways that men detox, okay? So we, okay. we, we, we detox through respiration and sweating. These are your elimination routes, right? Detox and sweating. I mean, I'm sorry, sweating and breathing. So when you look at those two elimination routes and you look at today's society and being a sedentary lifestyle, the majority of people that are sick are not exercising, which they're breathing rapidly. When you're exercising and your breath starts, when you start breathing hard, the body starts pushing toxins out through your breath and through your skin, through sweating. So those two are really pretty much only working maybe 10% of the time where people might sweat for like five minutes out of the day, or most people are not even sweating and breathing rapidly. So those two elimination routes are not maybe only working 10% of what they should be. The second one is going to be defecation. Okay, so most people are constipated. Most people are not drinking enough water. They're not having enough bowel movements. So that elimination route is shut down. So they're not detoxing. And, and then the chemicals and all the stuff that they're eating are going right back into the bloodstream. So you have breathing, you have skin, you have defecation, you have urination. Now, believe it or not, most, most toxins are not released through your urination. Urination is, your urine is actually sterile. There's only a very, very tiny amount of toxins that are released in your urine because most of it is going to be put into your bowel, through your bowel movements. And most of it's going to come out through your skin and most of it's going to come out through your breath the toxins once they're processed in your body. And with women, you have your menstrual cycle. So women have five ways to eliminate and detox. Men only have four. Got it. So um, once a month, you know, women are going to, to, to menstruate and then they're going to release a bunch of toxins that way. So the issue is we are equipped with detoxification pathways, but we're taking in a hundred to a thousand times more toxins every single day than our body can naturally detoxify. That's the issue. So we have an accumulation and an accumulation and an accumulation. The liver is your main detoxification organ. Right now you're seeing children with fatty liver. The liver, mm-hmm. and we don't, you know, the interesting thing here is that main allopathic medicine, I was talking about all the pathways to disease being your gut going first. Well, allopathic medicine doesn't really have any ways to test your gut, does it? Second is your liver. Allopathic medicine doesn't really have any ways to test how good you're detoxifying, how congested your liver is. Does your liver contain parasites and flukes in it? What is, What percentage of stuff is actually being detoxified in your liver? No, we have these really generic tests that test the liver to see, you know, if you have alcoholism, or you might have a little bit of cirrhosis. The third thing that that causes disease is an overwhelming amount of parasites in your body, harmful organisms. Mm -hmm. Does allopathic medicine have any tests for that? No. And then you have uh, the chemicals and heavy metals that are causing the disease. Does allopathic have any testing for that? No. 
And then you have the emotional component. What does allopathic medicine do for that? They send you to a psychiatrist and get on more medication, which poisons the body. So the five ways that, that we, that diseases cause allopathic medicine has no testing for and no ability to tell you, um, what your toxicity levels are or how, how good your body is detoxifying. So that's Gosh, the issue. So that's, much sense. <laughs> that's why the liver is so important. The liver is, is, is why you need to do multiple liver cleanses every single year, especially if you're eating and you're exposed to a lot of chemicals and a lot of toxins through the food and the beverages that you're consuming. And so we changed it to three liver cleanses. I mean, we had not too long ago had somebody that had was sent home to die with four stage cancer. He ordered three liver cleanse programs. They gave him two weeks to live. He did his first liver cleanse. He was still alive after a week. He ordered a few more. He did a second one. He was still alive after two weeks. They, he had cancer all in his whole body. They said he would never, he wouldn't make it past two weeks. He was still alive. He did a third liver cleanse. He was still alive. He did a fourth liver cleanse. He was still alive. This went on for 28 weeks. At the end of 28 weeks, he was he went back to his doctor and his doctor said, you have no more cancer in your body. What did you do? The only thing he did was clean his liver. He didn't even wow. do a bowel cleanse. He didn't even do a parasite cleanse. He didn't even do all the other cleanses. The only thing he did was clean his liver. Like we're forgetting how important our liver is. Our liver is the main organ that is the gateway to disease or health. The gut first, obviously, because everything enters through the gut, but after it goes through the gut, it goes to the liver. The gut and the liver are the two main things we need to keep clean and keep healthy. So Dr. Group, on your website, you have a six-day liver cleanse program. And is this something you're saying we would do this six-day liver cleanse program three times to optimize our health and detox our livers? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you do it three times in a row or do you take time off in between? So what you do is you do one cleanse and then you take five or six days off and then you do another okay. one and then you take five or six days off and do another one. And during this cleanse, because we see you've got the supplements, the oxy powder, the olive oil, the Epsom salt, turmeric, and liver health formula, are we able to eat during this time? Are we supposed to be eating a certain diet of vegetables during this time? What should we do to enhance the cleanse? So what we do is we give you a color packet with all the instructions of a specific diet. It's a, a diet that anyone can do. It's you know, we're not we're not telling you that you need to be just juicing, although that would work really well. But it's a diet that um, anyone can follow and everything is outlined completely to where um, even an eighth grader could could follow the instructions. It's very simple and it's very easy and you don't have to take time off of work. All we do is we recommend that the last day of the cleanse that you are at home during that day. Um, at night, you'll drink the olive, olive oil on day five, uh, the evening of day five. And just we just ask that you do that on a Saturday or a Friday night. So you're going to be at home on the weekend. Um, but other than that, it's, it's the hardest part of the liver cleanse is actually drinking the olive oil. But we've evaluated so many liver cleanse programs over the years to try to simplify it. And Hulda Clark used to use this a variation of this liver cleanse and with thousands and thousands of patients dating back to, you know, 1990s and the 1980s. 
The olive oil is what really, really works incredibly well to suck. It's like oil pulling for your liver to suck all wow. those chemicals, suck all those toxins out. It is hard to drink six ounces of olive oil, I'll admit. But you can mix some lemon juice in there, make get it cold in the refrigerator, mix it up, and then you know, put some peppermint in your mouth before and, and after. There's different ways that we talk about that you can do it to where it goes down easier and smoother. Um, so it's just, I mean, it is what it is, but you know, we have to take care of our organs. We have to keep our livers clean. We have to keep our bowels clean. We just have to keep all that junk that causes disease out of our system. All right, Tracy, I hope that answered your question. And that was again from episode 346 of Food Heals. If you want to listen to the full episode, and if you want to check out any of Dr. Group's cleanses at theglobalhealingcenter.com, you can use the discount code FOODHEALS10 to save 10% off. I know I used to get 20%, but people kept putting it on discount sites. So unfortunately, my 20% discount was taken away. But if you guys want 10% off, it's FOODHEALS10 at globalhealingcenter.com. Best of luck to you, Tracy, and your family on your healing and detoxifying journey. All right, next up, my interview with Justin. Roll it, Roxy. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. He is the host of the top-rated podcast, The Growth Now Movement. Please welcome my friend Justin Shank to the show. Hey, Allison. So excited to be here. Finally. I feel like this is supposed to happen years ago. I know. We've been talking about this for way too long. I don't know what's wrong with us because we go to all these conferences. We see each other in person. I was at your event, which was amazing. And every time we're like, how have we not interviewed each other on each other's shows? Because we have so much in common. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's funny because you're still officially, and now I've done, you know, a number of live events, a number of virtual events. You're the still the only person that's spoken at my event who hasn't been on my show yet, but it's coming soon. So depending on when we're releasing these episodes, you will be on my show. Yes, I can't wait. Okay, so officially, (laughs) it's coming up in a week or two, the interview, and then, yeah, I don't know when these will release, but sometime this year in 2022, we will be on each other's show. So thank you for being with me today. I appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, excited to be here. All right, so we have a lot to cover, but let's start from the beginning a little bit. I know we're both super passionate about some of the same things like health and business and relationships, spirituality and wellness, but I really want to talk about, like, take me back through your journey, because you said if there was a senior superlative in high school for least likely to succeed, they would have easily handed it to you. So tell me what that means and why. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. I kind of wish there was that senior superlative. So I would have won something in high school. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I I found myself in school with a 1.7 GPA at one point, which if anybody understands what that means, that's that's a failure, right? Like actually I had a, a, counselor within the school that convinced the principal to pass me on to my senior year. She was like, it's not because he's dumb. It's because he's checked out. Uh, and so yeah. they they ended up pushing me forward into my senior year. But I had that 1.7 GPA. At that time, my mom was in the middle of a 20 year battle with opioids and my dad was in jail. And so if wow. you look at everything that was happening, all signs pointed to you've got no shot, kid. And you know mm-hmm. the reality is actually, if you look at the statistics of life, they say if your parent's an addict, you have a 50% chance of being an addict. And if your parent's in jail, you have 50% chance of ending up in jail. And if you do the math, I'm 100% wow. screwed. Like really no chance. And obviously my life was able to, I was able to really take a completely different path in life than what most most people thought for me. Um, but that was really the catalyst for so much of what I'm doing now and so much of what I've done in the past as well. 
Wow. And what was it about you or your experience that made you not go down one of those two paths or both paths? You know, that's a, a question that I really had to reflect on a lot because there's a lot of people who go through so much as a kid and they end up down one of those paths. And I, I looked back at my life and, and really kind of took apart all the things that I went through, all the things that I experienced, all the opportunities that I had come across as well. And, and I realized the biggest factor that I had going for me is that even though my parents had their own issues and, and made their own choices, they were really, really good parents and they loved me unconditionally. And oh, they, yeah. they supported me at a level that I don't see many parents do. Like I always had big audacious goals as a kid and my parents would be like, yeah, go do it. You know? And a lot of times when you look at that, um, you know, you start to question yourself, but my parents were so supportive. It gave me the opportunity to go, okay, let me try crazy things. Um, and then I was able to get into some careers and some job choices, you know, when I was younger that, that afforded me the ability to get into self-development and start reading those books and started to get connected with people like, you know, learning from people like Tony Robbins or, you know, before he was our president, Donald Trump and all those things. And so, I was able to really kind of discover that at a young age because I, I, I was able to go out and make crazy choices for myself and, and get jobs that most 19 year olds weren't doing and all that stuff. But I think that common denominator truly was the unconditional support and love for my parents. Oh my gosh. So well, that's beautifully said. And I'm so glad that you got to where you are today. You know, obviously top rated podcaster, you speak at events all around the United States. We speak at a lot of events together. You're writing a book, you're doing all of these things. You've got people who come to you for advice on life and business and you have masterminds and you do your own events. And so you got here, but like, take me through that journey of like, okay, so I'm this young kid and I've got life, life is set up for me to fail. And yes, I'm loved unconditionally. So there must've been a belief in yourself to overcome that. Like, I remember there was this really great reel you did and it was like all the things people said about you and how you wouldn't succeed. And then you were like, watch me mm -hmm. like where, like tell, I, I want to dig into that. Like, where does that come from? And how can we tap into our own version of that? Watch me. Cause we all face adversity, right? We can be an adult and go through a, an adverse experience, a traumatic experience. So wherever we are, whether it's from childhood or in our, our adult life, how do we get to that? Watch me mentality. Like watch me succeed. Yeah, you're right. You know, obviously adversity still happens in my life. Like just because of course, we're here, yeah, it's not like you know, it's done. <laughs> yeah. Just because we're here having this conversation. I think, I think the, the thing is when we're speaking as podcasters or coaches or whatever you want to call us, um, I think we're kind of talking to ourselves five years ago. Right. So it's, it's just a constant evolution and a constant growth. Um, but when I was 19, I ended up getting a job in direct sales and really started to figure out business from that standpoint. But I had a mentor within that company who handed me a book called Who Moved My Cheese. And if you've never read the book, it's a super easy read, you know, 45 minutes, an hour if you're a slow reader. But the book is about how the world is always going to change around you, but that doesn't matter. What matters is how you react to the things that are happening around you, right? So the outside yeah. circumstances doesn't dictate who I become. And so it's really a mixture of having these small doses of motivation mixed with this chip on my shoulder because I knew people looked at me and said, oh, poor Justin or oh, poor kid. You know, he's got no shot. And so it was really at first, it was, it was a driving factor of I'm going to prove you wrong. So it was a chip on my shoulder that allowed me to kind of step forward and say, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to create the life that I want. And actually, as I tell this story, something, a memory just popped up in the back of my head. I dated a girl from the age of 20 to 26. 
So a long time. Like, it's a long relationship for for such a young age. And we never got married, yeah. never got engaged. We did live together for a short time. But her mother always hated me. And her mother hated me because I didn't go to college. So imagine judging somebody off the sheer fact that they didn't go to college. And I remember her like saying things outwardly to me of like, you're never going to be much because you didn't go to college. I don't know why my daughter wants to marry you. And so I would hear these things. And I remember one day looking at her and I go, I guarantee you, I'm going to make more money than you hands down. Uh, and I can say, you said this, Oh, a hundred percent. Like she was literally attacking <laughs> me. And I, and I said this to her outright and she just kind of walked out of the, like stomped out of the room. Um, and, and so I, I went on to make more money than her and I, you know, by a lot. And so it was a really cool opportunity for me to go, haha, I told you so. Right. Um, so I think yeah. the driving factor <laughs> for a long time was just that chip on my shoulder. Uh, and the whole ability of like, okay, I'm going to prove you wrong. Now, obviously you learn along the way of how to put these pieces into place. Like clearly I wasn't a good student. I started to learn on my own through these books, but I really leaned heavily into my relationships and my mentors and people that I was able to kind of attach myself to in certain ways to draw inspiration from. Um, because the one thing I, I realized, especially as a young man, I didn't know where I wanted to go. I just knew where I didn't want to go. And so since I didn't know, I, since I knew where I didn't want to go, I was able to go, okay, I kind of like what they're doing in their life. Let me try and pick their brain. Let me learn from them. Let me add a little bit of value into their life in hopes that they add some value into mine. And that started at 19 before people talked about coaches all the time, before people talked about all these things. Um, and it, again, it started with a chip on my shoulder and then went with, okay, one step at a time. How do I put these correct pieces together in order to build the life that I want. And truly, I didn't build the life that I wanted until I was probably 30. And so it was a long journey to try and figure that out. Uh, and we can get into all that stuff. But but I think I think it's okay at times in your life to have a chip on your shoulder, because that's the driving force at some when you don't have a like a total direction, that ship's going to be the propeller to at least move you forward, uh, and be able to kind of overcome that next hurdle that you're going to run into. Yeah, it's almost like the little kid going, like, I don't want to do that. I'll do it my way. And then you just kept that as you grew up. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, it's true. And, and it's uh, so funny, really quick. Like you, you just said that I, I realize even now I'm, th I'm 38. Uh, it's really weird to say that out loud, but I'm 38. And I still have that same mentality when I'm like, okay, I'm about to go do something. And somebody goes, Hey, could you do this? I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. Like, it's this like weird thing of like, no, I've, I've got this right. Uh, and so I think, I don't know if it was something that was taught to me. I don't know if it was something that I had to hold on to on, on my own because of what I went through. Um, but very much that little kid mentality of like, no, I'm going to do it on my own. You probably have the rebel personality, which is, I think it's a Gretchen Rubin quiz or something, but I have it too. And so there's a great example of this happening in my adult life where my friend, I was cooking, I was slicing vegetables at my friend Ashley's beach house. And I was using the bread knife instead of the, the vegetable knife. And she was like, girl, why don't you use this knife? That knife doesn't work. And I was like, watch me use this knife. It works just <laughs> fine. Like I, could, I couldn't accept the fact that she wanted me to use a different knife. And there's just little things like that, that are kind of like personality quirks that really do show up in other areas of our life. And I think help us sometimes, and sometimes can be detrimental. Don't get me wrong. I'm certainly have been told to do things better and have not listened. And I should have listened, but at other times it serves us. And another thing that you feel passionately about that I do as well is building relationships for life success. And so talk to me a little bit about how surrounding yourself with the right people who can be um, the people that can either be your cheerleaders, or I know you have some other words for this, that um, help you in your life. And maybe they tell you 
good things about yourself and maybe they tell you ways that you can improve, but surrounding yourself with the right people really helps you on this life journey, whether it's building better relationships, building our businesses or creating better health in our life and spending time with people who put health as a priority. How do you consider your relationships in your life to help you create that life and to grow because your whole brand is growth movement now, growth now movement. Yeah. You know, I, I love, I love this question because I think relationships are the key to everything in your life. I think relationships are the key to success. However you want to define that. I think relationships are the key to, you know, uh, a healthier habits. A relationship is a key to more wealth. You know, everything in your life is dictated by the people you surround yourself with. Now we all know the Jim Rohn quote, which is you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? Like it's a super famous quote. The reason it's so famous is because it's true. Like everybody quotes him time and time again. And I remember hearing the quote at a very young age and it almost kind of rocked my world in a sense, in a bad way, actually. I heard that quote and I went, oh my gosh, I have to change everything that I'm doing. I have to get rid of all my friends. I have to only hang out with millionaires because that was my driving factor when I was a kid. I, I only have to hang out with people that are doing the right things 24 seven. And, and it kind of scared me, right? It was an almost analysis paralysis, a fear of moving forward. Um, and so I kind of did it piecemeal. And so I realized that, you know, I still have great friends who I've been friends with literally since the day I was born. One of the people that's going to be at my wedding in April is a friend since the day I was born, which is wild. Um, but, but as I began to grow and move forward and make changes in my life, I realized I started to accumulate specific people and I started to surround myself with people who played different roles. And I realized that my five people are really my support system, right? I talk about how community is very important. These are the people that the, the large amounts of people that you hang out with, whether you're meeting them at conferences or, you know, people that you hang out with every single weekend or whatever. But then you have your, your five, those frontline individuals who are going to go to battle with you, who are going to lead you through the charge of everything that you're going through. Uh, and so when I really took a breath and I said, who are these five people? Like, who, who are the people that I've chosen in my life to truly play that part of frontline to help me get the success that I've created? And I realized they all played certain roles and I've actually come up with names for all five of the people. Uh, and it's rather interesting as people are listening to this, I, I, I challenge them to take account of, do I have these five people and who are they? And the first person okay. is the cheerleader, right? The person who cheers you on, the person who makes you feel like you can run through a brick wall. Like say you have an idea and you're like, you're, you're about to build a new business, right? This is really good for entrepreneurs. I've got this great idea. I'm going to build a business. I think it's a million dollar idea. And you call the cheerleader up and go, here's what I'm working on. And that cheerleader makes you believe within five minutes that it's now a billion dollar idea, right? The person who goes, you're the mm-hmm. champion to run this charge. You're the person leading this. That's the cheerleader in your life, the person who literally will make you feel like you're 10 times greater than you truly are. The second person is the bruiser. This is the person who challenges you, who asks, hey, are you thinking this in the right way? Are you doing this the right way? You know, when you slip up on your on your diet or your health plan, that's the person who goes, what are you doing? Like the person who checks you in the times that you slip up, that's the bruiser. Now, one thing I really, really want to make clear here about the bruiser uh, it's not an abuser. A lot of people mix the two together, right? An abuser is somebody who is literally tearing you down to tear you apart instead of tearing you down to build you back up, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure yeah. it's the person who's doing this from a very, very loving place. The third person is your softy. This is the person when your idea doesn't go through the way you want or that sales call didn't happen or you know somebody cancels and it's like your dream interview on a podcast. It's the person you can go and cry on their shoulder and they're there to, to mm-hmm. really hear you, right? And hear you through your emotions and, and help you feel your pain. 
but they're not going to let you stay there, right? They're not going to en enable you to stay in that rock bottom moment. They're going to help lift you back up. The fourth person yeah. is a mentor. Now I look at mentors a little bit differently than most people. Uh, to me, a mentor is somebody who is a close friend, uh, who you can, you can call up at any time, somebody you hang out with, somebody who you're very, very close with, but they have something innate in them that you want to be better as, right? Like my mentor is somebody who uh, is so giving and lives in such abundance that I strive to be more like him. And so he is my mentor because I literally look to him and go, how can I continue to give more, right? And then the fifth person is a coach. I believe at any given time, you should be financially invested into yourself so that person can be invested into you, whether it's somebody who's a health coach, somebody who is a business coach, a life coach, a relationship coach. At any given time, you should have a coach in your life that you're paying money to uh, that because that holds you accountable, right? And so when you have these five people in your life, you can go, okay, now I have my people who support me, who push me, who help me get to where I want to go. You can literally build anything you want to build, overcome anything you want to overcome. You can, you can conquer any physical challenge that you're trying to conquer. Uh, it truly is the basis for the success that you're looking to create in literally any form of or any part of your life, right? Like this isn't just business that we're talking about. This is literally finding true fulfillment in your life. And so if you have these five people, you're able to secure that through all areas of your life. Food Heals Nation, there's one day left for a fall favorite gift for you. If you go to OrganifiShop.com and you buy my favorite the gold that helps you sleep, the turmeric tea latte that tastes amazing. Buy any one gold, you get a second gold half off. That's 50% off. You can mix and match any flavor like the gold original, like the gold pumpkin spice, or my personal favorite, the chocolate gold. That last day for the promo is the 30th. So get it on before Halloween and you can also get 20% off everything over at OrganifiShop.com slash Food Heals. Here is May to tell us more. All right, Food Heals Nation, I'm here with the CEO of Organifi. You remember her from multiple episodes of Food Heals. It's May Steigler. And we're talking about adaptogens. And adaptogens from plants like herbs and roots and mushrooms help keep our bodies in balance. So May, how do adaptogens support women's hormone health specifically? It's all about balance. And I love the innate intelligence that our bodies have. Uh, we are constantly maintaining or consistently maintaining homeostasis, which is this basically balanced state of hormones. And our, our hormones are in kind of this cascading rhythm. Uh, our endocrinology works in these um, kind of start-stop patterns, all very, very interrelated. As a woman, we have much more complex hormone dynamics than men do. And so even more so importantly, supporting our bodies, balancing and staying in this state of homeostasis, adaptogens specifically support the body doing this by mitigating stress. And stress is kind of the um, you know, <laughs> a big way of saying anything in our environment, um, in our even psychology that's creating challenges. It could be toxins from um, chemicals we have maybe in, in the air or in products that we use on our skins, or maybe inflammatory foods that we're eating that our body's consistently dealing with. And it's, and it's amazing what our bodies can do. But specifically, in a product I love, uh, Harmony, that we created 
is an adaptogen focused formulation for women's hormone balancing. And in there, we've got chasberry, shatavari, stinging nettle, um, these really important kind of detoxing um, key ingredients and, and adaptogens that support the body staying in balance. So you can really nourish your body with great superfoods and adaptogens to help it stay in homeostasis and to support it balancing out the challenges, whether it's the environment or the foods we eat, um, or again, like stressful work situations that are causing um, just extra challenge today more than ever. Um, and I really, yeah. really appreciate being able to blend these foods to help with hormone balance in particular. Yeah, and it's something that's very important for women and men, but I love this blend for women's hormone health. I appreciate that. And the other thing I have to say that I love about Harmony is it tastes so good. It tastes like- It's like chocolate, dark- right? <laughs> yes, it's like dark chocolate. So I'll mix it in a sm- I'll drink it alone, or I'll mix it in a smoothie, or I'll mix it with a coffee drink, or like um, yes. one of my mushroom coffee drinks. And it is just the perfect addition. And I don't have to feel guilty like, oh, I'm having chocolate. It's like my guilt-free chocolate. I love it. It's a healthy hormone hot chocolate that is such a kind of fun, easy to integrate either AM or PM morning or evening routine for myself, really supporting in PMS symptoms or just um, just hormone balancing in general as a woman. So love it. Amazing. Well, thank you for bringing that product to our attention. Food Heals Nation, you can get your Harmony 20% off at OrganifiShop.com slash Food Heals. Also, make sure you check out that site regularly because we add lots of amazing discounts and specials and giveaways to that page regularly as well. May, thank you so much for being here today. This is really interesting. I like how you broke this down. I know you're writing about a book about this. So can we be more than one to some people? Because sometimes I'm, I'm like, okay, this person is my cheerleader. I see that very clearly. This person is my mentor. But then I also see myself in these roles. Like I know who I'm a mentor to. I know who I'm the soft softy to. And I know who I'm the cheerleader to. I don't think I'm the bruiser to anyone. And I know I'm a coach to my students. I don't think I'm a bruiser. But it's just interesting to think about these. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. So when I, when I go through this and I talk with people and I kind of coach them through this process, I do say to them, these should be five individual people. Uh, The reason being a lot of times people, when I go through the list, they go, you know what? My spouse is both my cheerleader and my bruiser. And here's Mm -hmm. the sad reality that I have to break to a lot of people. We have to be really mindful. Now this isn't all the time, but we have to be really mindful. Those people that are that close to us, if they're playing two roles, roles, specifically those two, you have to be weary that that individual uh, isn't actually an abuser right? They might cheer you on so they can tear you down, right? So I really believe specifically those two roles should be separate people. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. But I always say they should be five people because they play such specific roles, right? Like your cheerleader shouldn't also be your mentor because they are playing different roles, right? My mentor is somebody that I'm watching, that I'm emulating, that I'm wanting to be like, whereas my cheerleader is saying, you can be even better than your mentor. Right. Like, so it should be two totally different people there as well. Uh, and so we have to be really mindful that these are five separate people because you can fall into a trap where you're relying too heavily on one person. It could be an emotional drain to them. And it should, it might not be as supportive in those specific roles that you, that, that they're not going to be. Right. So be really intentional about seeking these people out and, and implementing them into their, into your life. Now, one thing I'll say is 
most people who fill these roles in my life, they don't know they're filling these roles. Like I don't walk up to them and go, Hey, I want to let you know that I've labeled you as my bruiser. That's who I want you to be. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're innately that person. As a matter of fact, my bruiser thinks they're my cheerleader, right? Because they do love me and they do support me. But the way that they approach that love and support is very much a bruiser mentality. But I would never tell them that because then it gets awkward, right? So we have to be mindful that like, yes, these are just people that we've placed into these roles. They don't necessarily know that they are those people in those roles, right? My cheerleader knows who he is because I, he was speaking at an event that I was speaking at and I talked about this and I called him out. It's Chuck Balsamo, yeah. who, you, who you know who it is. Yes. Um, but, but you know, those, those people don't necessarily know that they fit into those roles. Now, you also mentioned the idea of like, what role do I fit? And sometimes we do play mm -hmm. different roles for different people, but deep down inside innately, we are specifically one person. Like if you really broke it down, right? When people hear my podcast or they see me speak, a lot of times they think I'll be a cheerleader, but innately deep down, I'm a bruiser because I don't like BS. I don't like to hear excuses. I don't want people to sit down and cry. Like I'm going to be like, get up, keep moving forward, look at it differently, right? So I know innately I'm a bruiser. Now, can I sit there and listen to people cry like a softie? Of course I can. Can I cheer people on? Absolutely. But I know innately who I am. And actually part of what I'm going to partner with the book, this is the first time I'm sharing this part publicly, but I want to partner with a book, a test that will tell you what role that you, you actually are um, or a quiz or whatever you want to call it. And so yeah. I think it'll be really fascinating uh, what people get out of these quizzes that I create. And, and I think a lot of them, they'd be really surprised what area they fall under. Oh my gosh. It's so interesting. So is the bruiser kind of like the tough love? Oh yeah. Bruiser is definitely tough love. Um, but again, I think, I think the important part is this bruiser also knows exactly where you want to go. I've realized that in my life that multiple bruises I've had through the years, because you know, people change. And as you grow, these five individuals will move out and in. Um, but my bruiser, my bruiser has always thought better of me than of myself. And so when they come at me with their, the bruiser mentality, it's really them going, why can't you see what I see? Right. It's truly that, mm. that tough yeah. love mentality because they see it. A, a lot of people, like if you were a young athlete, this is like your coach a lot of times, right? Like when you're the star athlete on a team, your coach is the hardest on you because they see so much potential in you and they get frustrated by the fact that you're not doing the right things. Right. So they want to, they, they kind of tough love you into taking that extra step or going the extra mile in order to create the life that you're supposed to be creating. Uh, and so that's really where that bruiser falls into place. And, and they, they usually don't have patience, right? Like you lack patience usually as a bruiser uh, because you're just like, okay, I'm done with your excuses. It's time for you to actually go take action. Um, and, and because we've all been there, right? We've all been there where we sat there, we've made excuses and then we don't want to pick up the phone and talk to that person who specifically will talk to us like that, right? We, we avoid that person when we are in those moments because we know that that's how they're going to approach it because we know that, that we're making the excuses, if that makes sense. No, it totally does. I love this stuff because I think for so long I was like, I'll call myself a self-help junkie, but like, I love learning my learning things about myself. Like to, to my point earlier, when I was talking about, um, you're probably, and you can take the test, but I'm definitely the rebel personality. And that's from a quiz where you can find out, are you, it's a tendency quiz. So are you an upholder who wants to know what should be done? Are you a questioner who wants justifications? Are you obligers who need um, accountability. Are you a rebel? We want freedom. We want to do things our own way. And you can learn more about yourself and why you act a certain way with certain people. And it can help your relationship. Same with the five languages of love. I don't know if you've done this with your fiance, Justin, but I absolutely 
love this book where you can discover how I express love and how I receive love to create a better relationship. Because my ex, like who I found out that his love language was acts of service. Well, what that means is that when he took out the trash, it was an act of love to me Mm. and I could care less about the trash. So I didn't realize that's how he was showing love. And I was like, get on the couch and cuddle with me because my (laughs) love language was physical touch. And once I read that book, I was like, oh my God, it makes so much sense. So I like what you're talking about as well. So I can't wait for your book because it's like, once I discover what I am and who around me fills these needs and what need isn't being filled, I can actually create a better life for myself and for those who I help to be that um, mentor or softy or cheerleader for that person, whatever it might be. So I love this shit. No, have you taken the five love languages? Because I need to know now. I have. We're talking. Uh, I've taken it multiple. T- I've taken the test multiple. I haven't read the book, but I've taken the test multiple times. Uh, but I okay, already good. knew. So my love language is uh, uh, words of affirmation. Like, tell me I'm great. Tell me I look good. Tell me I did awesome. Like, uh, yes. 100%, that is my love language. When I take the test, I think I get 12 points on that one. I get like one on quality time and then zero on the rest of the things. Like, Give me all the words of affirmation. Now, my fiance, hers is physical touch. Physical touch for me is the absolute bottom. Like, I don't need physical touch. Like, I like my own space, my own personal space. I now live with three people because she has two kids that their love language is physical touch. And so- Oh my gosh. So I, but I also know that this means that I have to get out of my comfort zone and I have to give physical touch more than I want to, right? Because that's that's really the point of being in love. That's the point of a relationship like this is to go, okay, I have to give as much as I want to receive, right? Like I hate the people that yes. are like relationships are 50-50. No, they're 100% and 100%. And so I have to be able to get out of my comfort zone. And so I love the love languages. I love talking about them. And it's funny. So my uh, soon-to-be stepson, so again, his is, his is physical touch. And I remember I was, I was like frustrated about something and he tried to give me a hug and I was like, I don't want a hug right now. And I remember he was like, whoa, what's going on? I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me explain something to you. I understand that when you feel frustrated or you're upset, you need a hug. And so when you get that way, I'll give you a hug. I was like, but mine is words of affirmation. And so tell me that it's going to be okay. Tell me I'm doing a good job. All those things. And I explained this to him. And I remember for a number of weeks after that, he would, he would like walk past me and be like, Justin, you're the man. And so it was really that kind of education moment of like, this isn't just your love. Like this isn't you and your significant other. Like this is all of your life. Like these are all of the relationships and how you nurture them, whether it be from a a parent figure to a a child or to a friend, right? Like I've got friends who, you know, they receive love in different ways. Now, obviously physical touch isn't necessarily, I'm going to touch one person differently than I'm going to touch another person, but a pat on the back or a, a good handshake or a hug. Like that's the physical touch they desire, right? And so right. it's it's a, such a great learning point to understand not only, I think the more important part with that, that, that quiz is, okay, who, the person I'm trying to love, what is theirs, right? Like I think innately we kind of know what ours is, um, but it's more interesting to find out what other people's love languages are and then, and then re, be, really being able to kind of infuse that into my relationships to make them stronger. I think that's, that's why that's such a beautiful thing. Yes. Well, I love all of this. And I love how you're working with, you know, your future stepson to be like, okay, thank you for your offering, but this is how I receive love. So this is what you can do for me instead of the hug. And that's a beautiful conversation to be able to have. And if we could do that with all of our relationships, especially our closest ones, gosh, things can change because I had no idea that 
I, if I did the dishes, that was an act of love mm-hmm. towards my partner where I was like, who has time for that? Let's cuddle. Let's hang out. Cause mine were quality time and physical touch. Right. And so I didn't realize what he needed. And once I did, I was like, I will transform this relationship. And uh, we didn't end up working out. But the point is, is that I was able to recognize this is what this person needs. And here's how I can show up for that person. And also tell, talk about here's what I need and why. And once, if both parties are willing to go a hundred percent in, in a love relationship, if both parties are willing to go a hundred percent in, if it's like, you know, the type of relationship that you have or a friendship that you're very close with and you're seeing like, why are we having all these problems where maybe that person just needed to hear that they did a great job or, you know, and, and let me back up. If anyone's like, what are you guys talking about right now? Let me just say, this is the book by Dr. Gary Chapman. You can Google and take the quiz, the five languages of love. And basically it's how we give and receive love. There are five different ones. Most, most people have a primary and a secondary. Justin, you said you just have one. That's okay. (laughs) But the five are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving or giving gifts, quality time and physical touch. So I invite everyone listening, go find out what you are because it will improve your relationships. And then it sounds like we're going to go, going to have to go by Justin's new book, which I don't know when that's coming out. I know you're, I don't know when that's coming out either. Okay, I, okay. I wish I had answers to that, but but writing a book, as you know, is is a daunting task. Totally, totally. Well, I'm excited for it. Do you have a do you have a title in mind at least? No, I don't. You know, it's it's a it's all a work in progress. I think, you know, it's funny. I always thought that I would come up with the title of a book and then I'd have everything laid out. Uh, and I think the title is going to come last, right? Because obviously, the title of the book, people tell you it should be short, but I'm like, all I've got right now is kind of long. And so I have to, I have to figure it out, but it's interesting as we talk about, you know, all these, all these things, right? Like, I think there's so much magic in relationships. If you just say to somebody, what do you need from me right now? Yeah. Like, what do you need from me right now? And this is to any of our relationships could be your loved ones, your business partner, whatever. But if you're able to just pause and say that, and and I say this from a place of not perfection, you know, I, I said earlier that I was a bruiser, right? And so when Lauren comes to me and tells me about her day and complains about this and this and this, as you do in a, in a relationship, I immediately go into bruiser mode and like, no, this is what you need to do. You need to solve it. And she's like, I don't need you to solve this for me right now. I just need you to listen. And so there's yeah. great power in just saying, well, what do you need from me right now? So I can, I can, I can try and provide that. And if I can't provide that, hopefully I can point you in the right direction in order to do that. And that's why, you know, when I came up with these five archetypes, the understanding that when we realize who we are, we know when to kind of downshift into in certain relationships or turn it up when we have to, um, because innately I am a bruiser. Like that's the, what comes out first is always, okay, there's a problem. Let me solve it. Now that probably comes from all the things that I went through in life and the things I've been able to overcome, but that's not what's always needed. And so we have to understand that part as well. Yeah. I like that. I like it. Just like the five languages of love. It's like, okay, there's a reason that we got to where we are and how we can be that person, but just simply stepping back and going, well, what is that love language or what does that person need right now? And very often it is, they just need someone to listen. And so that can be transformative in these relationships. Cause I know I'm a fixer too. And I want to help solve all the problems. My brain immediately goes into, well, here's exactly what you can do. Here's step one, here's step two. And my brain just goes towards solving the problem. And some people are like, 
I can't handle that right now. Mm -hmm. I just need someone to hold me or listen to me or let me bitch about this and I will figure it out on my own or I will listen to you next week, but I can't hear that right now. And so just being very present, I think is a beautiful thing. So, okay. So we've covered relationships, but I want to go back um, to your journey and to what you, you know, promote on your podcast and which cultivates the, the audience and the people that you have on your show as well, is that you say that the four pillars of life and I totally agree, this is why we're friends, <laughs> but are relationships, business, spirituality, and wellness. Obviously, I put wellness in the forefront, and that is because of my past trauma of losing my parents to cancer and all of that. And I believe that, you know, fueling our bodies is then how we can fuel our lives and fuel our business, our relationships, and our spirituality. But tell me more about we've covered relationships, but business, spirituality, wellness, start anywhere you want, how those concepts became on the list of pillars and why they're so important in the work that you do. Yeah. You know, the, the pillars actually came in the beginning of the pandemic, um, when everything shut down and, and life stopped for me, right? Like 40% of my income yeah. was live events and speaking. And I was traveling right. monthly to go to different places and, and sometimes weekly and uh, life was just crazy. So it was jumping from one thing to the next to the next. And it allowed me to kind of slow down and kind of go, okay, what is what is the growth now movement all about? I used to say it's about growing in all areas of your life. And I was like, but we need to be more specific, right? Like, what what are we really diving into? And I kind of looked back at, at that point, I had 300 something episodes, I'm over 400 now. And I'm over 450 now, which is wild. And so congrats, you're doing more than no, me. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time and, and uh, a labor of love for sure. But you know, looking back, I was like, well, I really focused in on these four specific pillars and, and every expert that I would bring on or every person I would come in, we'd somehow, even if they, like I had Burt Kreischer, a comedian on my show, he clearly isn't yeah, yeah, somebody who's going to speak on all four of those topics. But I realized I really organically worked it into, we talked about relationships. We talked about the art of writing jokes. We talked about business. We talked about all those things. And so I realized that these were the four pillars. And I, and I was like, I need to dive deeper on this. Like, okay, I'm talking about these four things for a reason. There's people all over the world that listen to this podcast for a reason. And so when I started to dive deeper, I realized that these four pillars are really the foundation for life. And the goal is to find balance in all four of them. Balance sounds crazy, right? Because at times business takes over at times or, you know, whatever our health gets out of whack, whatever the case may be. But I realized that the pillars of the foundation and on top of these pillars, there's a glass plate. And then on top of that glass plate is everything you hold dear. It's your loved ones. It's whatever, right? It's whatever you hold in your heart is on top of this glass plate. And if we pour too much into one of these four pillars, the glass plate will begin to tip. And if we pour too much into one and not the other three, that glass, that glass plate is going to break, right? If we pour too much into our business and our relationship is suffering, well, clearly that glass plate is going to break and we're going to lose that relationship. If we pour too much into our, if we pour too much into our spirituality and we're spinning like some of these gurus in the world, we're going to lose relationships because frankly, um, you know, they're going to think I'm crazy if I'm spinning too much and I can't humanize the spiritual experience that I'm having. If I go too much into my wellness, I might lose my business because, well, I, I got to get to the gym. I can't put in these extra hours, right? And so as we look at these four pillars, we have to find balance. Now there is the understanding that there's seasons, right? Like I'm launching a new company right now and I'm full bore into it, but I do know that I have to check in, right? Like I have to make sure that my, my love relationship is still strong. So what does that mean? That means, okay, let's plan time. Let's make sure every single day I do some sort of touch point into that relationship. You know, uh, okay, I'm really, really busy, but I have, I have to make sure I at least walk in the morning. I have to at least make sure that I move my body. 
Uh, I have to at least make sure I get my water in, whatever the case may be. And so I realized that it's about balance, meaning there's going to be seasons we're pouring into one, but we have to keep up with the other pillars or we're going to lose control over the things that we hold dear. Uh, and so that's really where the idea of these four pillars came from. Uh, and it's really, honestly, it's changed my life. Like I've, once I really began to look at it differently like that, where I was like, okay, um, these are the four things I need to focus on. Everything became easier everything became more successful. And it was this really aha moment for me to be like, oh, it is this easy. It's these simple checkpoints throughout to make sure that I'm moving forward in those four pillars so everything else can rise up. Food Heals Nation, you asked and we answered. We often talk about gut health for humans, but what about our furry friends? So one of the questions I got recently was how we can boost the immune system of our pets. So I brought my girl, Tina Anderson. She's a friend of Food Heals and founder of Just Thrive to answer your question. So Tina, how can we support our pets' gut health and why is that so important? Yeah, well, our pets' gut health is just as important as our gut health is to humans. So, um, and then the thing that we're seeing is that dogs are experiencing a lot of digestive challenges like gas, loose stools, even like unusual bad breath and sleep troubles and itchy skin and all of that. So, um, we formulated a probiotic for pets that is just for pets. And um, because we know that they are, they are faced with all of the challenges that humans are faced with, if not more. In fact, you know, we see a lot of dogs having a lot of gastrointestinal issues, and that's where their immune system is. Their immune system is found in their gut. Just like humans, 70 80% of the immune system and immune cells are found in the gut. So it's really important for dogs that we're taking care of the gut health, uh, their gut health. And um, you know, there's pesticides in the food that they're eating um, and in the grass. Like think of all the Roundup that's sprayed on our lawns and at parks. The dogs are ingesting this and that Roundup, that glyphosate, that active ingredient in Roundup is wreaking havoc on our guts, on the guts of our pets. Um, and then there's the wheat, corn, soy, and all of those ingredients that are found in many commercial dog foods. And, and then emotional stress, you know, like thunderstorm being boarded up, all of those you know, stressors are really starting to wreak havoc on a dog's gut microbiome. And um, so because dogs are experiencing leaky gut, just like humans, we actually did a leaky gut study on dogs. And we found that uh, we created a probiotic formulation. And the study showed that it was done by the University of Agriculture Sciences and Veterinary Medicine. And it basically showed that after taking these strains, um, they started to see you know, reduction in leaky gut. They started seeing gastrointestinal issues were greatly reduced and just dogs all around feeling better. So, and, we, and we've seen this with our customers, just seeing them, you know, be able to address a lot of the issues that they're, that the dogs have been having um, and primarily the digestive issues. This is incredible. Food Heals Nation, if that's not a compelling enough reason to go to justthrivehealth.com and get your dog, your cat, your pet some probiotics and get their immune system boosted, I don't know what is. Coupon code is FOODHEALS15 to get 15% off your order. Tina, thank you so much for breaking that down for us and helping us help our furry friends get healthy. You bet. Thank you.
I told you before we got on the call, I was listening to your episode with our mutual friend, Steve Sims, and I thought it was great. And I just loved his energy and I love your energy together. But if you were to tell me some of the top episodes that you would recommend that our Food Heals audience start to check out, maybe some of your favorite guests or favorite conversations that you've had that really kind of talk about some of these pillars or especially wellness, you know, if you have any wellness to recommend that we could start with if we hadn't um, joined, uh, listened to the show before Growth Now Movement. Oh, uh, that's, uh, that is, um, that's so hard for me to answer. I always say, you know, I should have prepped you for this question. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. So I've loved so many and I, and I love, I love episodes, specific episodes for different reasons than my listeners might like. So I always say like, I, I loved every single conversation I've ever had at least the ones I've released. There's two episodes I never released because they were terrible, but that's, that's a different conversation. Um, Only two. Good for you. Only two. Yeah. And so um, for me, it's, it's moments for me, like, you know, Fabio Viviani is such a a key episode for me. It might not be an episode for everybody to listen to. uh, But, but for me, I saw him speak at an event. If you don't know who he is, he's from top chef. And I saw him speak in an event. And I remember before I saw him speak, I'm like, who cares about a chef? Like, I don't, I don't care about this person. And then he spoke and I remember turning to my friend and going, I need to be friends with that person because it just blew me away. Mm-hmm. And a year and a half later, he came on the show and then ended up speaking at my event in 2019. He's, he's a dear friend of mine. Uh, he's the, actually the person who I consider my mentor in life. And so, you know, it was, it was such a crazy thing for me to be like, wow, I'm sitting down and having this conversation or childhood things like, you know, DDP, who's a uh, wrestling hall of famer, WWE hall of famer, or, you know, Goldberg, the goalie from mighty ducks, like these weird moments. I'm like, oh my gosh, like young Justin would be flipping out right now. Um, but if I had to, I mean, for your audience, I mean, I've had a a dear friend of your show, Leslie Durso has been on mine. Um, and so that's a, that's a great show. A number of health episodes, uh, that I highly recommend, but if a couple key ones, let me think, um, Gabby Bernstein's been on my show twice. And I think your audience would really love that. Um, and, and obviously she, she's such a kind hearted person who's been able to pour into me and pour into my audience. And, uh, Ed Milet has been uh, a game changer. So when people say to me like, okay, what's the first one I listened to? I'd say Ed Milet was a great one. So if they go wherever they listen to this, if they search growth now, Ed Milet, it'll come up. It's such a meaningful conversation for so many people to listen to. I think that would be a huge go-to. And if you're somebody who likes to laugh, Burt Kreischer's episode is hilarious. We both share how we lost our virginity. Um, and it was, it was embarrassing for both of us. And so, so yeah, so, uh, look, here's the thing. I I think go through, find a guest you might like, because I've had a lot of great names on my show or just topics that you like, because I'm, I'm blown away when I hear from people. Like, I don't know if you've ever had this, Allison, and I'm curious, I'll, I'll interview somebody and I'll be like, oh my gosh, it's the greatest conversation ever. This guest was amazing. And I'll post it and I won't, it'll be crickets. Nobody will reach out. Yeah, yeah. There are times where I do an interview. I'm like, oh, that was okay. And I'll post it. And so many people will DM me and be like, this was amazing. And I'm like, wait, what? Right. You don't really know. And so I always say, look, wherever you're listening to this show, go search for mine. Listen to a couple episodes. If it vibes with you, click subscribe and come on the journey with me. Uh, Cause I'm on a journey just like everybody listening, just like everybody I'm having a conversation with. Uh, and so hopefully if they like it, they can come along with us. 
I love that. Yeah, I know that happens to me more frequently than I would think where I'm like, God, that was amazing. And then crickets. And then I'll do one that I'm just like, you know, I hope that resonated with some people and I get more DMs than the last one. And so you never know who's listening. You never know who's vibing with who. And so I think it's just our job is just to put out content that we believe in and hope that it resonates with people as well. But um, sorry to put you on the spot about the episodes, but I think those were great answers. And I want to, I've listened to a couple of those, uh, but I'll have to go back and listen to a couple more. Um, But one thing that's interesting about podcasting and hosting live events that I found, and I know that you found too, is that it's an interesting, it's the most, it's the easiest and coolest way to be able to connect with someone that you couldn't connect with if you didn't have a platform for them to come and share on. So talk to me about how do you reach out to people who you don't necessarily have a relationship with out with already? Let's say it's a cold outreach because you've cultivated amazing people on your show, but also amazing people at your live events, which I was lucky enough to get to speak at um, before the pandemic. I forget, was it 2018 or 2019? Yeah. And it was beautiful. And the, you also cultivate an amazing audience. So what is your process? How do you reach out to people that may not know your name? Um, and maybe they do now, but at the beginning they didn't. Cause when you started your show and you didn't have a listenership, you were still able to get let's quote unquote big names on your shows, but that's all about building relationships. So how do you, how do you have the bravery and courage to reach out and how do you reach out to people to get them to these amazing events and on your shows? Yeah. So really good question. And I'll say this. So early on in the podcast, I had big names on the show. Like episode five was a guy named Brian Scudamore who runs 1-800-GOT-JUNK. So he's been on like Ellen and Oprah (laughs) and all these things. So he was episode five on my show. He's now been on the show three times. Um, but I, I would just reach out now, you know, six and a half years ago when I started the podcast, I would say, Hey, come on my podcast. And they'd be like, cool. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> like it was a completely yeah, yeah, yeah. different Now world. it's like, Oh, you have a podcast join the club. <laughs> yeah. They're like, now they're like, Oh, I'm going on Oprah's podcast. I'm good. Um, but, but yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my approach, uh, is very much the same as it was from day one. And what I do similar to how I approach building relationships is I take me out of the equation and I take them out of the equation and I make it about the impact that, that I want to make with the show. And so I'll send them a, a DM on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever, you know, they seem to hang out and I'll just send them a simple DM, you know, telling them briefly about the show. And then the main thing that I say, it's one sentence towards the end of the message. And I go, I would love it if you would take some time out of your day to help inspire my audience. And so I don't make it about me. I don't make it about trying to grow my audience. I don't make it about them trying to promote anything. It's really just about, hey, let's have a conversation and let's inspire some people along the way. And I feel like that sentence in itself, you know, uh, changes the game. And and I don't know. So I don't always win, right? Like I don't, I don't always get yeses. So I, I recently tried to get Dane Cook on the show and uh, he replied to my DM and said, oh, I'd love to reach out to my team. So that's the kiss of death. When they say reach out to my team, especially if it's like a PR team, because all PR teams care about are like return on investments, right? Like he, he's doing all the big shows right now, like Ed Milet's, which is on Sirius XM now and all that stuff. And so he replied, but then the team was like, uh, well, no, because you're not doing millions of downloads per episode. And I was like, cool, Jeez. I appreciate it. So every everybody's different. But I think when you approach the ask from the heart and you truly are that person who just wants to make a difference or have a conversation that might move the needle in somebody else's life. I I think that's the game changer. And that's how I approach all my relationships. I end almost every single conversation with, let me know how I can support you. I never have anything in mind of what I want to get from these people. You know, my speaker lineups at my events are always amazing because 
I build relationships and I become really good friends with these people, right? Like Fabio speaking at my first event, along with Albie Manzo and, and Sarah Centrella, yeah. who I know you ended up having on your show. Yeah. You know, those individuals, they, their keynote fees are 25 K and above, and I didn't pay any of them. And I don't say that to brag. And I don't say that to take away from them because they're, they're worth every single penny that people pay them. Um, but it, but it was really about the relationship I was able to build post the conversation. And so for me, I always go, uh, people ask me all the time, like, how do you decide who to have on your show? And I honestly go, who seems like a really cool person that I'd want in my life? And those are the people that get on my show. And those are the people that I reach out to. And I find that if you have the same heart centered mission with what you're doing, it tends to vibe and it moves the needle and it makes it easier for them to say yes. Yeah. I mean, that's a beautiful way to, conduct business, but also conduct life is just like not going what's in it for me, but going what's in it for you and how can we both serve right with this platform that I have that you have when with the knowledge and skills and abilities that have come to us because of the life that's given been given to us or the traumas that we've gone through and how we can help other people. So I love that approach. And I know you have um, some events coming up, but actually before I ask you about that, I do have a question for you. Let's talk about love and manifestation because you for a while were like the single guy. You're like, I'll be single forever. And it was kind of a part of just as part of your identity. And now here you are getting married. Congratulations <laughs> in April. And you have manifested this beautiful home and family. And you're now the family man that's like, hey, I got to go cook dinner. I got to get off this podcast soon as I got to cook dinner. And so how did you um, change from that single guy to that person in love? And did you manifest it? Did you expect it? Did you have a Sarah Centrella vision board type of system or did it just happen? Like, Talk to me more about how we can look for love, find love, manifest love into our lives when we might think, Hey, I'm going to be single forever and I'm okay with that. And then kind of transitioning. <laughs> so, so yes and no to all of those questions you just asked, right? Um, <laughs> okay. did, is it something that I wanted at the time? No. So it just kind of happened. Um, but with that being said, my whole entire life of relationships, you know, from, I would say the first time I thought I was in love, I was 19 and, you know, have had a number of serious relationships throughout my lifetime and none of them worked out. And I realized that none of them worked out because I, I had to do work on myself. I had massive, massive issues with abandonment. I thought, I thought everybody was going to leave me. Uh, so I ended up having to, yeah, I, I ended up going to therapy after one of my relationships ended. Cause I'm like, I need to, I, clearly I'm the problem. Like I need to fix something here. Uh, and then that's what unpacked the whole abandonment issues and all those things. And what would happen was once I would hit a rocky patch in a relationship, I would self-sabotage. And I was like, well, they're going to leave me. Right. So I'm just going to ruin it on my own. And I did this time I'm and time leave again. first. Yep. Yeah. And yep. so now with that being said, those relationships weren't for me either because they weren't, they weren't doing the work either. Right. Like, so the, again, this is, this is a culmination of like, wow, like there's a lot of things that need to be fixed here. So I got a therapist and I, I hired a relationship coach and I was like, let me do the work to be better. And I ended up doing all of this work and doing deep dives and understanding who I am and breaking through these limiting beliefs that I had and doing the work in order to become the person I was. But then what I realized in that moment was that I just loved myself for the first time. And so that's really when I was like, you know what? I'm just the single guy here to have a good time. I don't need a relationship. I don't need anybody to lean on. I don't need somebody to love me for me to love myself because that's really what I was trying to attract in a, in a partner was love me, love me, love me so I can love me. Um, and so mm -hmm. I ended up doing all this work, ended up loving myself uh, and was on dating apps because I because I 
my my love language is words of affirmation. So whenever you get a match, it's a nice little ping of words of affirmation. I never met anybody from these apps. Um, I just liked matching with them. I know it's terrible. Women who are listening to this are probably like, Justin's an asshole. I get it. But but with that being said, I matched Lauren and um, it's crazy. So we matched on Bumble. And if anybody knows how Bumble works, the woman has 24 hours to say something to you. And so we matched. Okay, yeah. She didn't say anything. I extended the match another 24 hours. And then she- You're me- like, hello. Yeah. And then she messaged me. Um, and we were chatting and she, and like, I wasn't planning on meeting her by the way. Like I was like, whatever. And so she was like, so are we actually going to hang out or are we just texting back and forth in this app? And I was like, oh, I guess we're hanging out. And so we went on our first date. There's a whole backstory to that, but we went on the first date and halfway through the first date, she goes, oh, this was in April of, of 2019. She goes, oh, by the way, I'm moving to Seattle in August. Oh my gosh. So I was like, okay, whatever. Like this will be a couple months of hanging out and having a good time and then you'll move. And by the third date, I was like, this is not going to be good. Like I, I, it was like that instant, like, okay, like I really, really like this girl. That's going to be tough when she moves, but I don't want it to end in the meantime because I'm enjoying myself. And so regardless, she ended up moving from Phoenixville, Pennsylvania to why missing Pennsylvania. We live in this, you know, cookie cutter neighborhood now, and it's this wild thing. And I'm a bonus dad. And uh, now we're getting married in April. And so, so I say yes and no <laughs> to the question because I, it, I wasn't looking for it at all. Um, it wasn't anything that I wanted in my life at the time, but I did the work in order to receive that healthy relationship. And so um, yeah. I think when people find themselves in bad relationship after bad relationship after bad relationship, that's when you pause and go, I don't need a relationship. I need to find out how to have a relationship with myself. And that's really what I yeah. did. And that's what really unlocked the, the healthy relationship. And Lauren has a very similar story of her go- going and doing the work for herself as well. That's awesome. And I was just talking to a friend about this and making a list of kind of like your must haves in a relationship. And one of them was, has done the work, is doing the work and is willing to do the work. And what that means is like, you're not, you're never going to stop looking inside of yourself because every time that we face adversity in a relationship, it's like, okay, well, what's going on with inside of myself that I need to heal with me in order for this, you know, conversation or this um, fight to be resolved. It's not always about the other person. If I have a problem with someone else, it's what do I need to resolve within myself, right? And so I think it's like finding people who are doing the work and willing to continue to do the work is that's how you find that match, whether it's on a dating app or whatever. And even if you're like, I'm ready for love, putting yourself out there by joining the dating app is just telling yourself, and the universe, like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for that right person to come into my life. And so I think it's okay that you didn't go on every single date, but I, I think it's just all about like, okay, putting yourself out there and being willing to find out what it is about that relationship that I can give and what is it that I still need to heal within myself in order to be able to give that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, this really, this journey started for me with the relationship coach and she said, you know, what do you want in a woman? I want you to make a list. And I made a list and uh, she goes, okay, cool. Are you the man that deserves that woman? And it was an indefinite no. Like I, I, yeah. <laughs> I was not the person who deserves that woman. And so I was able to go do the work in order to attract the woman that I wanted in my life. And, you know, I know, you know, from the spiritual world, we're all energy, right? And so what energy we're putting out, we're receiving back. And so once I was able to genuinely get to that energy point, then that that relationship found me and was and was really kind of drawn to me, whether it be through an app or be in person, that's just how the world works. And so you have to be able to, you know, figure out how to love yourself first and then the rest will follow. 
beautifully said. Well, congratulations on your upcoming wedding. And tell us what else do you have coming up that Food Heals Nation might want to hear about? Yeah. Um, so obviously I ha- I'm hosting an event in February in Orlando for uh, high level entrepreneurs that are looking to make a bigger impact and grow their income at the same time. So that's coming and people can check it out at growthnowevents.com. Um, but honestly, more importantly, I think, you know, anybody who vibed with this conversation, if they want to check out the podcast, they can search growth now, wherever they're listening to this and it'll pop up. And uh, I would, I'd be honored if they click subscribe. And like I said earlier, come along on the journey with me. Yes. Click subscribe and leave a rating and review. That is very important to us podcasters. So anytime I have a podcaster on, I say that because it really does help us. It does. Cool. Well, Justin, thank you so much for being here. Um, It's been a long time coming. Finally got it done. I'll be on your show soon. And then we can finally say, yay, next time we see each other in person, we've been on each other's shows. No, I love it. I'm excited to chat with you for my show and then share that with the world. I'm sure it's going to be an incredible episode and, and then get to hang out in January at PodFest. Yes, I will see you there. Can't wait. Food Heals Nation Athletic Greens is back with a special offer for you, a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free Athletic Greens travel packs with your first purchase at athleticgreens.com slash foodheals. With so many stressors in our lives, it can be difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients that it needs to thrive. We have busy schedules. Sometimes we get poor sleep. Sometimes we're not exercising as much as maybe we could be. We have environmental factors that are beyond our control that are affecting us all of the time. Sometimes we're not getting the right nutrition or enough nutrition every day and we can be left deficient and key vitamins and nutrients that our body needs to thrive. This is where Athletic Greens can help. It is a life-changing nutritional habit. Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is your nutritional essential. It is one of the best and easiest and most delicious ways to get the nutrition you need into your body and start a daily routine that can become habitual, right? One tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, a multimineral, a probiotic, green superfood blend, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus, helps with digestion, and supports your healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products or pills. And again, right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system during the cooler months. They are offering Food Heals Nation a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash foodheals and join other health experts, athletes, and health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every single day. Again, athleticgreens.com slash foodheals. You get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately. (laughs) 